Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Pierre and that is Connor and this is our movie discussion show where theoretically we will weekly talk about a movie. We'll watch a movie together, we'll talk about it. Um, this is a, a special episode though, this is us doing a top 10 countdown. We're going to do our top 10 movie trilogies. It's also notable that it's the first episode of this particular show that we've done since May because we've had a very busy summer. We, we were just prorogued for a little bit, it's fine. Yes, yes. We're very busy, very busy summer. Uh, we should be getting back to actually talk about movies next week, but uh, we're here to talk about our top 10 movie trilogies. Uh, we've both made our own top 10 list. We're going to alternate. Uh, Connor will give his number 10, then I'll give mine, and so on and so forth, and we'll see how long this takes. And in the past, we've done, you know, bigger lists of just, you know, favorite movies of a decade or whatever, and we usually do those in chunks of 25, so that should be a relatively short countdown in comparison, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and, and that's not because, oh, you know, we just want to get an episode out. It's not that. It's trilogies. There's obviously, there's a lot less of them than the movies of, of, a, oh, of yeah. a year, usually. Well, the philosophy with any countdown that I do is that um, I want to have to cut things I like to make the list. Otherwise, it feels like I've got things that I don't like as much just there to fill up to the number. Like, I could have done a top 25 trilogies probably, but the, the bottom chunk would have just been there because they're trilogies I've seen to make up the numbers. The, the idea here is that um, a top 10 meant I had to cut trilogies that I still really like, meaning that mm -hmm. they, they, there's some tough choices. If I'm not making tough choices, then the list is meaningless. Yeah, it's it's... There's too much on it. You know, you need yeah. a you need a shorter number. Exactly. Um, so, um, and especially with with trilogies, there's there's so many that two of the three of the three movies are fantastic. But yeah, there's there's one that just isn't that great. Well, even some of my top ten, arguably, there's a third one. One of the three is a weaker entry out of the three. No, I, no, I thought weaker, but you know, there's a, yeah. there's a point where that becomes below a level that it's just it drags it down too much. Hmm. Oh no! So there you go, and you know part of my my deliberation process with this was, uh, you know, it was like okay, so two of these three are masterpieces, and then the third one's pretty good, right? Or not necessarily in that order. Maybe maybe it's the middle one, maybe it's whatever. But um, and then I've got an old trilogy where it's a very consistent across the board, but the two masterpieces in the other trilogy, like sort of raise it above. So do like which one goes higher than the other? And my answer was different depending on which two I was comparing. So yeah. that was, but that was a part of the, the the inner thought process with this one is like just deciding. Given that I'm doing trilogies, what puts a trilogy over another when you have those qualifiers in play? Which one do I put higher? So, um, and, you know, and, and as with any list, like, do you put objective, like, analytical quality over personal attachment? Uh, does nostalgia matter more than something's depth? And yeah, in some cases I mean, it does, in some cases it doesn't. But anyway, without further ado, let's get into this and do our top 10 trilogy. So, Connor, what is your number 10? Yeah, so my number 10 is um, probably the only one that I feel that has a weaker, you know, a significantly weaker entry than the other two, even though I still like it. I don't love it to the, to the same extent I do the other two. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Kevin Smith's Jersey Trilogy. This is made up of Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy. Um, Mallrats being the one that, yeah, I like it. It's good, but I don't love it in the same way that I do Clerks and Chasing Amy, which I think are both phenomenal movies in very different ways. Um, I know Pete's not a fan. 
I can't believe how quickly your list is already garbage. Uh, this is I, I, yeah, I know, I know. Joe, you know I'm not gonna lie. I debated having this at nine, and I went, no, I'm gonna put this at ten just to annoy you. <laughs> just to, just to make sure that you're annoyed immediately. Uh, no, Clerks, I I love it. It's a it's a masterpiece of a film of. Okay, there's there's no budget here. It's it's one guy doing it at the, at the store he works at, but it's just got a fantastic script uh, and the characters are all great and it's very witty and funny uh, and I, I love it uh, it's it's fantastic and then uh, chase and amy is um it's a much it's a much better film than clerks uh, i would say uh it's got a lot more going on it's got more more depth to it it's, it's got more to say um but still uh great writing great characters uh yeah oh, I, think, I think it's great have you, have you seen all of these I've seen none of them. You mean... So you're giving me shit for having this unless you've not even seen any of them. Yeah, but it's Kevin Smith. I don't, I don't want to mess with this thing. <laughs> Can't believe you've not even seen Clerks. Every, every time I talk to someone who's seen Clerks and they know my, my taste, they always say I'll hate it. So I, I'm, I'm fine. I, I, I believe them. probably will, but... I, I believe I, them. I, you know... Should have watched it anyway. Yeah, good. Trust me, my number ten's better than yours. Uh, I, I don't know if that's just true. Oh no, it's true. Un unless it's one I have higher up on my list, in which case it might be true. <laughs> no, it's true. No, see, my number ten you've not seen, but if you'd seen it, you'd be putting it higher than this Kevin Smith shenanigans that you've well, got maybe. here. Maybe I don't know. We, we will never know. You've no you've not seen my trilogy. For all you know, Kevin Smith's Jersey trilogy. If you if you'd seen it, would be above this on yours. Not a chance. Not a chance. My number 10 is the Slumber Party Massacre trilogy. <laughs> Sorry, I was expecting something semi-serious there. This is a gold trilogy uh, that, that, that breaks new ground in the slasher subgenre of horror. Oh. We, have, we have, of course, a killer who uses a drill uh to to kill his victims which is of course first and foremost very important uh you've got inane teenage characters who are 80 stereotypes like to a, a silly degree you have <laughs> sorry i'm just you know what? i'm not gonna lie on your list no jersey trilogy would never be above this <laughs> exactly you, you're on right this is this is you i'm surprised this isn't higher <laughs> So, do you know what the fact is? I, I actually kicked off some more respected trilogies. G genuinely, traditionally observed great films. Because I was determined to get this trilogy onto this list because it was important to me to have an oddball pick. It was important to I, me. I, I can't wait. To, at the end of this, we can circle <laughs> back and go, right, which two or three did you did you cut for this? <laughs> I regret nothing. Um, so the, the the high point, of the, I think you know, it's like I think because I don't want to describe all three movies necessarily. They're the slasher movies, group of teenage girls. Is that because uh, they're all the same? Have so well. No, this is the thing. This is the thing. They're all very distinct for different reasons. They're they're all kind of goofy in different ways. But the second one is the high point. The second one sticks out because the second one is the one where the killer uh, still uses a drill. But it's a, a custom drill. It's a drill where it's actually a guitar, but the end of the neck's a drill. 
and he's like this he's got sunglasses he's got a leather jacket he's this is like he's, he's the hip 50s rocker killer i mean he's, I, it's, I actually say this, but this this sounds delightful i've said this before oh it's wonderful and i do want to watch it it's wonderful uh, you know it's, it's this you know group of girls who are like you know 17 whatever go to this this house to spend the weekend they go to this rented house and for no reason they strip their clothes off and have a have a pillow fight topless for, for zero reasons and it's just it's, it's it's the most delightfully absurd slasher nonsense you've seen um third third is the weakest one uh but still very much in the silly slasher uh, genre and uh i don't know it's just it's, it's it's a tight fun time um it's 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 kind of the the pinnacle of movies when you talk about all the slashers from the 80s and like well, obviously, they're not the best slashers from the 80s, not even close, but they are kind of the perfect encapsulation of what the slasher boom is. Here's a, here's a package that has everything in there. Slumber Party the Massacre. shit you were giving me. Barely, you're shite number 10. Ocean number 9. Oh, no. God. This might get heated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, my number nine, actually, I don't think you're going to fight me on too much, even though you, you haven't seen the, the the third one yet, is uh, the, the John Wick trilogy. Mm. Um, uh, these are all great movies. Uh, you know, the, the first one is, well, go on. It's, it's all the face. I just, the fourth one's announced for, like, in under two years from now, I feel like this isn't really a trilogy. And it certainly it won't, counts. It, it certainly won't count as a trilogy in a couple of years' time. Yeah, well, right now it counts. It's a trilogy. Mm. I'm having it. And uh, to be fair, there are other series that have four movies that are, you know, that, yes, no, there's, yes, a, there's yeah. a clear defined trilogy in there. Yes, but we discussed this and we kind of, you know, we kind of put out some examples and it was like, well, yeah, clearly there was a trilogy and then a fourth one came much later. Or uh, in some cases, you know, like there's a lot more than three, but there's clearly an arc in these three movies that make it a trilogy yeah. or whatever. Um I feel I feel like as soon as John Wick Four comes out, this this entry is redundant. <laughs> it's just um, called from the record. Given that you've not actually seen the third one, that's just true. I'm not so sure. Uh, I I think there is actually a clearly defined arc over the three, mm. and then it sets up a fourth as well. Um, <laughs> it sets up the fourth as well. So it's not it a sets up a fourth at the end. The like the, at the very <laughs> very end. Oh, here's a scene for four, but. It's a, it's a, it's a clearly defined arc, I would say. We're um, going to end up with eight of these bloody things, and there's this is there's, it's a, it's a octology. We, we, we're going for a trio of trilogies. No, it's an octology. That's that's my guess right now. It's going to be eight of them. <laughs> How old's Keanu at the end of this? He's pushing seventy. Uh, I'll still watch them. They're probably still good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, these these movies are great. They started off, you know, the first one is delightfully simple it's you know it, it's a revenge story and it's as simple as it gets in terms of its plot but uh the, the direction and the, the 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 choreography of the action is is spectacular which is consistent throughout all of them um but it really developed into a fully formed world um over the whole of the trilogy and the only the only thing that holds it back from being a little bit higher is probably the fact that uh the second one does that a little bit too much it, you know it goes a little too far into the world building uh and loses loses sight of itself just a little bit but uh it gets you know rained right back in for three and it's tightened up again and it's uh it's great 
All right, uh, my number nine, keeping this nice and varied so far, not a lot of crossover. Um, and or more more specifically, I nothing that either of us have said so far. I feel like we're expecting another one to say later. Um, that's fair. So it feels very varied. Uh, so my number nine is the Before Sunrise, Sunset, and Midnight uh, trilogy. It doesn't really. I mean, I guess it's the Before trilogy, but it, it is, yeah. But it, it doesn't really have a strict name like a lot of the other ones do, where you have the three separate movies. But um, this is uh, the link later. This is uh, Ethan, Ethan, Ethan Hawke, Julie, Julie Detley, and this is the first movie is not real time. Um, not as the third one for that matter, but it's. It's you know it's two people meet in, in France and they they walk around and spend a day and night together and they basically fall in love. That's basically it. It is it is it is a talky movie and that's what it is. And the high point for me is actually the, the middle film uh, again. That's two in a row where I've got the middle film as the high point. And the reason for that is because the middle film I think is the most heartwarming of the bunch. They all have something to say. They're all kind of meditations on relationships and things like that. Um. And what's neat about these is they're all equally very spread out. They're all about eight years apart from each other. So they're all they're at different stages in their life for each one. And uh, the second one is probably the tightest. It's basically in real time. It, it never really has much of a cut. Uh, it's one conversation that lasts about 75 minutes. And, you know, it, it had the most impact for me out of the three of them. But mm. um, it's just great acting, great writing, uh, very simple direction. It is, it's It's... You know, it's everything, you know, Linklater, you know, went on to do Boyhood, and I think that's gimmicky and doesn't work, and uh, for me, this is much more, has a lot more to say about things, because it's it's more about how people fall in and out of love, and, and so on and so on. Um, and he's doing something crazy next week, he's making a film over 20 years, you know. He's, 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 again. He's, he's probably going to be dead before he even finishes it, that's not... That's, do you know what, I, I never even <laughs> saw Boyhood, just because I went, I, I understand why it's getting attention. And I don't think it's because of the quality of the film. I mean, the quality of the film is not bad. It's just it's, it's it's prob- no, it's probably perfectly good. Maybe it's great, but it got extra attention because oh, <laughs> look at all the gimmick, right? Uh, you know, it's like whereas, hey, if he just shot this over six months and used different people for the different stages of life, or you know, you know whatever, no one would be talking about it to the extent they did. No, no, uh, but his before trilogy is very, very good, and. Um... I, I think is easily the, the the best thing I've seen from him because you know I've been hit and missing all the stuff that he's done. But um, that said, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Richard Linklater also do School of Rock? I do happen to quite enjoy School of Rock. But did he do School of Rock? I think he did School of Rock. I think I'm right. He I was mean, involved in it. I'm sure he was involved in it. I'm gonna have to check this because I I it's did very, not know uh, this. Very different movie from from he those. Did yeah, that was right. Yeah, I like School of Rock a lot. <laughs> That's a really good movie. Huh. Joe, I, I do like School of Rock a lot. It's great. I genuinely didn't see... I've always said my favourite Link Lane movie is Dazed and Confused, and now now I'm having to question if that's true <laughs> or not. Yeah, well, there you go. What is your number eight? Uh, my number eight. Let me get back to my list. Ah, there we go. The How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. Mm. Uh, you just finished this off recently, right? I just watched the third movie a few weeks ago. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I started back in the, in, in the theatres at the start of the year. Uh no, I, I love all three movies in this trilogy. Uh, they're, they're all phenomenal movies. Um, I think the first is my favourite, which is maybe an unusual choice for some people. Um, uh, but it, it's 
has such a, a well-rounded arc over the three movies and such character growth and where it goes. Um, it's very traditional in its storytelling in the sense of, okay, you, you can see the trajectory of, of the most of the, the core characters pretty clearly. Um, it's just the way it tells that story that is fantastic uh, with some great animation. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice fantasy tale of, uh, of a boy and his dragon. And uh, probably one of your favorite fa- fantasy franchises. <laughs> I, I guess if it counts, yeah. In what way does a world of you know, dragons not count? I've never had a problem with dragons. It's, it's all the other shit that comes along with the fantasy, I don't like. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the dragons in that movie are basically just cats that move with wings. They're still fantasy. <laughs> I know, but... Still dragons. Yeah, they look at a dragon skin, but they act like cats. Why, why do you think it appeals to me so much? It's, it's about a boy and his cat bonding. <laughs> you can't fly your cat. Yeah, but it'd be better if I could. <laughs> cats would be terrifying if they could fly. <laughs> um, uh, my number eight is Star Trek 2, 3, and 4, the, uh, the, the trilogy within the series. Do you know what? Uh-huh. This never even crossed my mind. Oh, what a fool. What a fool. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, for anyone who's going to argue on this, A, there's a, there's a clear arc, there's, there's more continuity between these three movies than there ever was in the TV show, first of all. and They basically pick right up after each other. They do. Uh, bo- yeah, both three and four pick up right from the previous one. And number two, uh, they've actually released this in a DVD set like this before. You can buy just this trilogy on its own. Like They've, they've done that. Um, so, yeah, like... This is a really fun trilogy, and the high point for me is the, well, Star Trek 4, which is the third one in this case. It's, it's confusing to say it that way, but... <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best one. Yes. Um, no, I mean, you start with this dark story, Star Trek 2, you have Star Trek 3, which is definitely the, the weaker point of the, the three of them. Um, but even that, like, has a lot of fun stuff for me, uh, particularly for the main crew and them, like, choosing to work together. Uh, and go against the rules in a way that those characters don't typically do because they're, you know, Starfleet and they do things by the book. It's kind of the thing. Sure. Uh, and then four is the really fun kind of big payoff where everyone, you get to just feel happy and good about everything again uh, and save some whales. The whole, the whole thing's delightful. And I, I do genuinely think that, be, you know, watching these together actually benefits uh, all three movies. I think all three movies benefit from being watched as a package. I think even Wrath of Khan, which is often considered as the best one, even though I think four's better, um, I think that benefits going straight into the next one. I think Search for Spock is the weakest entry, but definitely benefits from watching after two and watching before three. Like, I know that sounds weird, but I'm saying that if you watch this as a set very closely, if not in the same day, but like over a few days' time. like you. Yeah, when we reviewed them, they were maybe a week apart week each. apart, yeah. And that was close enough that well, yeah, we got yeah. the impact. Yeah, the, the idea being that like, I think I think 4 works pretty well on its own, but I think it's still better if you watch it as the conclusion to the, this trio. Like If you watch these three yeah. as a set uh, in close proximity, I think it benefits all three movies, uh, which is why I think it's... Whereas motion picture I can watch on its own. Uh, and I I, I have I, yeah. I find fun with that. I, I don't need I to mean, watch two after that to feel like I've gotten my motion picture film. Most people would probably say jump straight to two. They'd be wrong. They're wrong but, because motion yeah. picture is great. I will I will hear none of it. We it, we had a a long long review is, on why it's better than Undiscovered Country. I'm saying it. I'm saying it, people. I know you hate me saying it, but I'm saying it. Um, 
Star Trek Six Six is fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Better yeah, than five. Pretty much. Much better than five, yeah. but it's fine. It's not not a high bar. <laughs> um. So yeah, that's my uh, that's my my only complaint about this trilogy is that motion picture had such a great Jerry Goldsmith score, and then oh, it was so good, and then it's just gone for these three, and they've got like James Horner, and I like James Horner typically, but it's a very it's not his finest work. It's a more low key score, and I feel like Star Trek benefits more from big themes and you know mm-hmm. sort of sweeping orchestra kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, what's your what's your number uh, seven? Seven. So oh, my number seven is actually another one that we have done reviews for. Uh, this is the the Samurai trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that this year we did that? Was it last year? I, I honestly it, don't know anymore. Time, think, time's weird. I think it was last year. I don't think it was, I don't think we've done enough this year that it could have been this year. No, fair enough. Um, yeah, so we we did these. I think we I mean, we actually did these more spread out than the Star Trek movies. It was like one one every few weeks, maybe three 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 or four weeks apart. I think mm. um, for these movies and. Uh, you know, it is a, a about a man who learns to become a samurai and what that means, you know, properly over the course of three movies. Uh, you know, the, the first movie is much more standalone than the first than the other two, in that it has this uh this you know this end point where it really sets up what the rest of the trilogy is, and could work if you, you know, if you want to as a conclusion on its own right. Uh, the other two suffer a little bit for not having any sort of standalone elements and just, oh no, it's extremely serialized. Um, I'm actually currently working through the the book that this is uh, based on. Uh, so it's been very enjoyable. Um, I think I'm, I'm glad that I'd seen the movies before I read the books. Obviously, it's all Japanese, Japanese names, and uh, a lot of, you know, to, to me, relatively, you know, unfamiliar sounding, you know, similar names of areas and places. and uh, just knowing the character names from the movies and having clearly defined faces to put to them has really helped uh, with with that. Especially when you got like a similar like Osaku and, and Otsu, you know, similar names where okay, yeah, I feel, being I feel able like to differentiate helps for the benefit of people. I, I don't think saying the Samurai trilogy is actually helpful for people looking for recommendations here. Uh, the films we're talking about here are Samurai One, Musashi Miyamoto. Uh, Samurai 2, Duel at Ichijojo Temple, and Samurai 3, Duel at Ganryu Island. Um, so, to be w- fair, when I did Google it, just to check, say so if you put in Samurai Trilogy, this does come right up at the top. Sure. I, just, but like, I feel like it's such a, it sounds so sure. general. Uh, I'm, sure. just, I'm making it clear what movies we're talking about. That's, that's fair. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's a, this great journey of, of discovery and, you know, you know, what it means. And, uh, it's a gorgeous cinematography as well. And then the color palettes are fantastic. All right. My number seven is How to Train Your Dragon <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> uh, so our first overlap. I um, Yeah, I love these movies. I actually differ. I think the second one's the best of the three. Um, yeah, and you're not in the minority on that either. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think I am, no. Uh, I think two is wonderfully just a little bit darker, uh, packs more of a punch. Uh, I think the franchise has phenomenal music uh, throughout. I think mm. three is probably the weakest of the three, just in terms of a. But but this point, like okay, we've done villains already. The villain feels the weakest element of of three, and it feels like the weakest of the the antagonists uh, uh, throughout. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, the the 
all the, the character stuff is great and the fin- the final like 15 20 minutes is the perfect conclusion to the whole thing so and it did this thing i said this when i did my sort of mini review on one of my catch-up videos but it did this thing where you know i love the scores in those movies and i've listened to them a lot uh, for the first two specifically um where it held back the main theme they didn't give it to me all for, movie for longer than is is almost satisfying for, for for yeah for for longer that that was like worried like are they pulling a terminator 3 on me come on don't you dare you have to use this theme but it just it, it waited it knew when it wanted to use it and it just yeah. it hit me it hit me so hard um hiccup uh, and and toothless are there's a wonderful relationship um obviously there's a lot of nice messaging in there about inclusion but uh you know, it's, it's, you know, I put the first one on just just to for background noise, and ended up just stopping what I was doing and paying attention to it because it was that goddamn good. Um, and yeah. it's, you know, these movies are are basically three of my favorite animated movies now. So, Hereditary uh, Dragon, uh, one of the, the newer entries on this list in terms of trilogies. But hey, mm-hmm. uh, what is your number six? Uh, this is the the recent Planet of the Apes trilogy. That's Rise. Dawn and War, uh, respectively. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not saying the whole titles for all of them because far too bloody long. Uh, <laughs> so honestly, probably the biggest problem with this trilogy is, god damn it, those names got mouthy. Well, I mean, let's 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 kill two birds here because my number six is also the 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 new <laughs> every, every time. trilogy. Every time, even one. when it's only a top ten, we still manage to do it. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Uh, here's the thing the apes trilogy not only is it a wonderful set of three films and uh i'd say the strongest is dawn uh, the middle yeah. one i'd say the weakest is rise but as far as weak and like, as far as the weakest entry in the trilogy goes this is a really good standard for for the, what the weak one is because yeah, i mean i think rise being the it's probably the only one of the three that i think the original planet of the apes uh movie is is better than I think and that is better than Rise, and and I thought, oh, okay, but you know, right, still, you know, and that's a you know a classic in its own right, obviously. So when it came to you know Rise, I went, oh, this is still really good. And while okay, maybe it doesn't match the original one, this is more than good enough. And then the next two came along and was like, oh, oh shit. I mean, it's just like I've I've told this story before, but when I first saw the trailer for Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I said, who wants this? Who wants a new Planet of the Apes movie? And <laughs> You know why does this exist and that movie justified its existence and then dawn came out and said no we can do something special with this this can be a great new and it's it's, it's not like a dumb action movie either it's, it's like a proper emotional but also completely backed up uh allegorical science fiction story it, you know it's saying things about society and then war is this emotional conclusion um like start, start to finish that trilogy is fantastic and three of the best movies of the last decade Yes, uh, and and also the biggest crime of, in 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 Hollywood in the past twenty years oh. is that none of these movies won any awards for visual effects. Yes, yes, visual effects. They actually deserve it for a lot more than that. But visual effects, they, they do, is... but visual like the the fact that they lost against just inferior movies in terms of visual effects is baffles me. Yeah, absolute madness. Uh, no, Apes trilogy is uh, is something special. And what? oh, Giacchino's score, especially especially for for Dawn, is mm. incredible. What's your number five? 
Uh, my number five is the Cornetto trilogy. This is uh, Egg the Right, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, yeah, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and uh, The World's End. Um, I, pro- you know, The World's End is probably the weakest of them, but I, I like it more than most people seem to. A lot of people seem to not enjoy this one that much, and I don't get why. I think it's uh, quite fantastic, especially, especially the ending of that movie. I love where that goes. My favorite is probably Hot Fuzz. I mean, it's Hot Fuzz, right? It's, you know, it's, uh, I mean, it's telling that this is, this is, you know, as high as it is, and it's uh, basically just a comedy trilogy. I mean, it's got, you know, a bit more going on than that, but generally speaking, comedies have to work harder to get this high on my lists. Uh, you know, they tend to be movies that, yeah, I like comedies. They're good. Not all of them, obviously, but they tend to fall lower. But these, these, set themselves apart you know when you know when you got, you got Shaun of the dead you've got this this zombie movie you know doing all the the zombie movie things but you know poking fun at it but not just being a parody not just being a satire of zombie movies it's also got you know all the rom-com stuff it's got all the you know the the traditional british comedy stuff in there um and it's just a, a fantastic trio of films hmm. um my number five is slightly related in a way actually uh is trilogy of the dead and that is night <laughs> dawn and day uh of the dead um basically i mean this is one where there is the clearly weaker entry uh although so- there's there's a there is a sort of small cult following who will argue with you on that now actually the, there there is the the day defenders who will be, no, I, I feel like given the state of the internet you could say that about anything true now. true but i feel like you know given that this is a community i pay a bit more attention to there's definitely groups of people who think day is the best one uh mm. they're a bit weird but you know they're, they're harmless they're, they're wrong is what you're saying they're harmless though i mean but um it's just now the living dead it basically created the the zombies we know it. the zombie that we think of when we think of zombies was created yeah. by that movie it is a wonderful piece of social horror as you know jordan peele credited it when he was you know doing the rounds for get out it was like no that's that's like the idea of doing social topics and horror was really started with night of the living dead mm. uh, it's got so much to say it's still so relevant it is gorgeous oh. black and white imagery dawn of the dead takes that and does something different with it um it is a fantastic bottle movie but as is night of the living dead but it's again it's got satire and social elements but it's different than night it's, it's talking about different things it's talking about consumerism it's talking about um what's important uh whereas the first one is very much about uh the the idea of uh conforming to what society expects you to be uh that's what the zombie represents is everyone becoming uh the same thing uh, so not like wonderful wonderful films and not that day doesn't have anything to say because it does it's just weaker as a movie uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that i mean one of them is that the bud the proposed budget was slashed um before they started shooting so like all of a sudden they had to kind of scale back what the, the scope of it was um but it's uh, still very enjoyable and still has a lot of great elements to it and characters that are interesting um but this, this is one this is one where night and dawn are so mon- momentously iconic important and classic <laughs> that it, it, it doesn't it doesn't matter the day is just a good movie uh the the all two are like 10 out of 10s so uh that is the trilogy of the dead what is your number four my number four this is one you're going to have 
I don't know where, but it's the, the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that tells me it's not a number four. Okay. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, we, we did big in-depth reviews of all of these back in March. I want to say it was Batman month. Was it March or was it April? It was March. It was March. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and while... I, I you know maybe you know look a little bit more critically than I ever have done, even though I've seen all these movies, you know, repeatedly uh, already. Uh, um, there are some things that maybe I, I noticed more this time that I dragged down a touch, which is why it's only only at four, and and not at number three, like it probably would have been before those viewings. Um, it's it's a goddamn fantastic Batman trilogy. <laughs> I yeah. Uh, there's there's so little that you can say about this trilogy that hasn't been said, uh, especially in such a short you know time as this. You know, obviously we we there's probably you know, how how long our reviews were on that, but hours it adds up to. I'm certain of that. Um, and they're all fantastic movies in their own right, but over you know as as taken as a whole as an, as a whole trilogy as an entity, um, becomes something special. Uh, my number four is the Samurai Trilogy, which Connor already brought up uh, a little bit ago. Um, for me, that this this is a wonderful character journey, um, but watching these again last year, because I'd seen the trilogy before, um, and I, I liked a lot the first time I saw it, but I'd forgotten just how beautiful these films were. And mm. it's a really interesting thing, because there's very few films that are in 4 by 3 which these were shot in, that have the, the beauty that they do, because... Films were all shot shot four by three uh, in the early days of cinema, and by the time that you know the more advanced techniques and ideas were being developed, and obviously there was some four by three that were doing this, um, but it wasn't so long after that where films transitioned to widescreen. It's just into two, three, five, one, eight, five, blah, blah for for cinemas. Um, it looks better usually. But this was one of these rare cases where you know deep into the fifties, uh, for whatever reason, uh, Japan for uh, some movies were still working in 4x3 and more importantly there's very few 4x3 movies in color because they're typically in black and white because the transition to widescreen also happened to coincide with just transition to color so having such a beautiful 4x3 movie in color like this is actually really unique uh for these three movies so uh really beautiful a lot of great uh, action fight scenes that are not like modern action scenes they are more tactical they are more slow slow paced very deliberate every every movement has weight to it yes and it's a true trilogy in the sense that um it, it, you know the whole thing was mapped out from from day one which a lot of these aren't a lot of these are it's not we'll have we'll have ideas for the next ones when we get there um, yeah. and they become trilogies over time this is a true trilogy in the sense no this was a, a three-part story that was told and it was you know it was, they were released consecutive sorry consecutive years and that basically was like yeah because they, they, they planned it all out it was, it was basically a yearly event for three yeah. years in the first so when 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 you're adapting from you know source material like you know the book in this case it's really easy to map out in advance rather yeah. than have to you know play it loose uh weakest entry for me is two um still very good but it suffers from uh and it's funny because i've actually picked a lot of twos so far so as much as i'm about to say this phrase it doesn't actually hold true all that much but it does have the 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 middle chapter syndrome i suppose uh you could call it 
Um, I think the reason why a lot of mine don't have that, from what I've picked, is because a lot of them weren't necessarily planned as trilogies. They just ended up, you know, they had a good good first movie, and then they went, no, we are going to, like, elevate it in the second one. And then the third one has the challenge of living up to the second one, which is why maybe the second one, for me, often ends up being the best one. Uh, yeah, that's fair. But, uh, yeah, so Samurai is great. I mean, my favourite is probably the third one. Um, I love the first, but the, the third one... It all it has builds all the, up. The closure, doesn't it? It has all the closure, but it has it all builds up to this the, the most epic fight of the the three because it's all been building up to this. Yeah, third movies and endings in general, when done right, tend to have an advantage in that they have the emotional climax that you've been waiting for, and often, not always, often that is enough to tip it over the edge. But there's also the bigger biggest risk of disappointment out of the three though no there is that's why i said when it but you know when it works um because there's definitely a fair share where the third one's the weakest um, oh yeah, yeah definitely a fair yeah. share of those uh so that's my number four what is your number three uh my number three is is a trilogy that had a fourth one added on but still a trilogy uh this is a toy story uh I've not seen four yet, so I'm not going to comment on uh, you know the arc or like how separate four feels. But I will point out that the gap between two and three was bigger than the gap between three and four. Yes, yeah. Um, I will say you know defend that it is objectively still a trilogy in that uh, four is very separate and it's about moving on from that trilogy uh, in 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 a very you know meta way. That's kind of the point of that movie. So that, that's why this still feels like a, a trilogy. Um, yeah, obviously, these movies changed the shape of animated movies. Uh, you know, the, just the whole you know, 3D animation as a whole. You know, you know, we mentioned, you know, How to Train Your Dragon earlier, you know, that, that trilogy. That, that animation doesn't exist without the first Toy Story. Not, not really. Not in the way that we see now. You know, and especially not as the, the dominant uh, form of animation that that it is right now, um, mm. but these movies are great. My my personal favorite is the second one, which I know is a an unusual choice. Um, I think most people prefer three. You've got some that that like one the most, um, but two, two is the one that I've I've watched the most. Definitely as a kid growing up, you know, I've watched two more for whatever reason. Uh, I always liked it more. Um, the the air. Uh, the road trip adventure of it kind of just going off and you know and the okay the expansion of the world always appealed to me even as a kid that expansion got, got me good um but then you know you have by the time you get to the third one all these big emotional beats and the the character arcs uh coming to an end um which is why you know just apart i love four so much as uh, on top of these is that it deals with well, what do we do once those character arcs are finished? That's that's kind of the point. Um, you know, the stories don't you know just end. You know, when once the story's over, those characters still you know unless they die typically have lives. You know, th- things that still happen. You know, so what happens next? Uh, what, what's what's the purpose? So why fall works so well, um, but it's very separate. Okay. Uh, my number three is the Man With No Name trilogy, or the Dollars trilogy, or whatever you want to call it. It's got a few different names. Uh, but this is A Fistful of Dollars, a, for a few dollars more, and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. This is the Clint Eastwood, Sergio Leone-directed um, trilogy of Spaghetti Westerns. And as someone who would not have said he was into Westerns before I watched these, I discovered that 
um there's a certain type of western that i do really like and every genre has something yes um and that is the the works of sergio leone uh, specifically um honestly picking a favorite out of these is something that i i have changed multiple times i, I think there's been points in my life since i saw these that i've i've, I've had all three as my favorite at different points i can see why um, they're all very exceptionally well made. Now, they're kind of weird and they're not really in continuity with each other, even though they appear to be more or less the same character in each film. But there's some supporting cast who actually get recast as different roles. And... Yeah, and and you can't just assume that the events of the previous movie necessarily happened to this same yeah. character. Yeah, so it's kind of this weird thing in that sense. But ultimately, th- these movies, obviously, I mean, Eastwood's great and you've got the character stuff, but... I would really boil it down to just purely the filmmaking and the style, the way the the action scenes are, are or even the action, the build up to the action scenes. It's the standoffs. It's the it's, it is yeah. It's Ennio uh, Morricone's music is is something else. It is genre defining, literally. Um, yeah, and that's it. I think with the music though, I, I I'm probably uh, in the weird camp who would probably pick the music from A Fistful of Dollars over Good, the Bad, and Ugly. Everyone always you know does the little whistle from Good, the Bad, the Ugly. Uh, but I don't know, for some for me it just kind of works. Yeah, but Good Band the Ugly has actually a gold, which is one of the best pieces of of music written for film ever. And I will say this, I will say something a little bit controversial. Sergio Leone's best western is not even in this trilogy. But all three of these are fantastic. And you know, three of the best ever made. It just so happens that he also made Once Upon a Time in the West which is a goddamn masterpiece and has even better music than any of these three. So, uh, and the cinematography in all these movies are oh, so good. So, so yeah, good. Yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Um, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I don't want to spoil too much, but this was my number 11. Ah, uh, there you go. got bumped, but it, it, was, it was close. No, this is pure filmmaking magic. This is... It, it, no, it is. It's phenomenal. Uh, you know, uh, it, all, all three of these are great movies. All right, what's your number two? We're at the point where you just... Well, I, know, I, I, I know what both yeah. of these options are. I just don't know which order you're going to put them in. I mean, let's be honest, it's me. It's You can probably guess. Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got a lightlier order than the other, but... Yeah, okay. This this is uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, yes, yes, roll your eyes. Pete hates them, but I love these movies. These are fun fantastic movies they are uh fantastic adaptations as well even though uh, in the sense that there are things from the books that i love and uh, oh i wish i could have seen you know that realized on film that would have been great but i think objectively it was was probably the right choice to cut them for the movies to, to get a better flow get a get a better narrative structure for your movie uh looking at you tom bombadil um but all three of these are perfect movies um, for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, because I love. Diff- you know, I I think I pro- I put two as my favorite overall. Two Towers is is something special, and it, the the Battle for Helm's Deep especially is kind of what pushed over the edge as the best battle of uh, of the series. Even though there are bigger battles in the third one, I think Helm's Deep is. Is is better. Uh, it's more enjoyable to watch. It's it's got more going on. Uh, but everything in the Shire in in the first movie, 
Oh, so good. Uh, and for the record, you know, the, the favorite part of my books, uh, read, read, when I'm reading the books, favorite part for me. Um, and then in, in the third movie, everything with, with uh, Aragorn and co is, is just impeccable. And, and the ending, um, all, all the endings is so good. Ah, oh, yeah, I, I can't fathom watching the theatrical cuts anymore. I should point out, uh, these, uh, I'm talking about the extended cuts here because going back, it feels like some of the things missing are just essential pieces. And I can't, you know, I, I can't imagine watching without this scene or, you know, this, this, uh, you know, even just some of the bits that are extended within scenes, not, not entire scenes added in, uh, it, it, it feels incomplete uh, without watching the extended version anymore. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, my love of these movies is well documented. I'm very excited for Amazon's uh, Second Age show, which we will be covering at least one episode of. Um, oh. to anymore of. Um, basically, if everyone watches that first episode, people feel obligated to do more. So that's what, that's what you're going to do, folks. It's going to have to be profitable. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. I'll do it for a price. <laughs> um, my number two to get, get to. It, see, I, I feel like your picks are like your number one and two. Like, no, they're predictable. They're obvious. They're me. They're predictable. Well, it's not just they're predictable. I, I, I have part, part of my, my distaste. For Lord of the Rings, there's this is, I mean, mainly it's just because I think they're boring, but <laughs> part of my distaste is there's this arrogant assumption that they're just clearly the best trilogy, right? There's just this assumption like, oh, this is the most important thing that ever happened to cinema. This is, this is what it is. And that assumption riles me up. It really does. I, I have never once said that in my life. I just, I just want to be clear that, <laughs> I, you know, and I didn't know this goes back to what we said at, at the, the start where this is personal enjoyment. I love mm. these films. I'm not saying they are, you, you know, um, take your pick. You know, you, you obviously prefer everything on your list. The Samurai Trilogy, the, you know, things that we've both got. Samurai Trilogy, or, you know, the, you know, the, the Dollar Trilogy you're just talking about. They might be better, you know, if, if you, you want to look at it that way. I will always choose Lord of the Rings over them. There was a better trilogy than Lord of the Rings. The Mighty Ducks Trilogy. That's a better trilogy. <laughs> Is that honestly the number two? No, it's not my number two, but it's, I'm just oh. saying it's, it's, it's a better trilogy. <laughs> I was, was going to say, of all the things. Like... <laughs> no, number two is Back to the Future, you fool. Um, uh, uh, oh, sure, okay. Uh, Back to the Future, uh, possibly the first thing, first trilogy that I ever actually watched all of and understood as a trilogy. Uh, it is... You know, it is a movie where... Or it's a trilogy where, yes, the first one is the best. Uh, pretty night and day. Uh, I think your the weakest your your mileage may vary. I, I've kind of changed throughout my life as to which one I would say is the weakest. Um, I think I've probably went from two being the better of the two sequels to then three and then back to two again. Um, but needless to say, they all have something to offer. They all have something different to offer. Um, you know, one you have the time travel that's more personal to the main character because it's within kind of you know it's his parents that are younger that he's meeting, and then you have the future in the second film, but you also have the idea of uh, rejiggering the timeline again and getting back into events of the first movie, and then the third movie of course is where we go properly into the past uh, to a completely different era where everything's completely different, and you know even powering the car is a giant 
issue. You know, it's such a, such a simple idea. Um, but ultimately, Back to the Future has wonderful characters. It has a great plot. It has a great heartwarming kind of story beats. It has uh, fantastic music. Alan Silvestri's best score, his best work, uh, is this trilogy. Um, and you know, I, I might give you that. I, I love his work for Predator. I love his work in a few different things. Um, <laughs> I think he did the '95 Judge Dredd movie, which actually has a a very enjoyable score, although it's not suitable for Judge Dredd. Um, but anyway, a lot of good scores, but uh, and Avengers is the one that everyone you know from recent I years. I think his Avengers score is fine. It's fine. It's decent, but... but I don't think it's standout. It's not... I mean, you know, obviously, I do. I do not have Back to the Future on my list here. I don't love uh, the first movie the way everyone else does, so I didn't bother watching two and three. Uh huh. But the music's fantastic. Oh, the music is fantastic. It's wonderful. Um, it's just it's a heartwarming good time. It's it's a movie. When I think of like, how do you make a perfect movie that that, that functions? I think of Back to the Future um, and sequels that iterate on what the first one did in ways that's inventive, in ways that changes things up. Um, in, in many ways, part of the reason why I love Stranger Things so much is because I think in terms of tone, it kind of actually feels like it's hitting what I feel when I'm watching Back to the Future more than anything else. Um, the plots are completely different. Stranger Things yeah. doesn't even have time travel in it. <laughs> like, it's completely different. Yet yet i mean it's, it's aping on a lot of other things from the 80s, 80s movies yeah. you know, this, it, this video might age really badly when you just said that oh yeah see, i mean sure season four might have time travel we'll you know we'll see but like it just it, it, it there's something there's a perfect concoction like you know sometimes with movies you talk about lightning in a bottle and i feel like back to the future just it strikes this balance and uh you know in the you know the trilogy as a whole it does offer a complete story but it also has like I said, like two, the idea of going back into the events of the first one. Like I love seeing the future stuff in in two and like the flying cars and all the rest of it, but for me what makes two really special is revisiting the first movie and doing layers upon layers of the same scenes. Uh mm. is really fun, really inventive. Um and then three is there's the Western. It's you know, let's go further back out of the past and let's make the 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 entire plot problem because you know the first movie it's like oh we have to have this much power oh it's a lightning strike that's the only way we can do this but because it's time travel we know when a lightning strike is going to happen so we can actually harness it potentially right that's the big problem they have to solve uh two of course it's more about uh try to fix the timeline three it goes back to kind of what the first movie was sort of giving it this book ending thing but instead of being the power to power the time machine part of the car it's actually the gasoline because there's no gasoline in 1885 so they have to you know use the train that's that's kind of and that's the big problem it's like a really simple problem they have to solve but it's really hard because of the time period they're in um just yes back to the future wonderful so go on then get your number one done yeah yeah like i said i'm boring predictable what are you gonna say to be fair before i get to it I think the 10 through 3 of my list were pretty interesting. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, it's, I think it's only these last two are okay, yeah, they're the boring, obvious choices. The other ones, I think, were, you know, re- reasonable. Um, but it's sure, it's Star Wars, the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I'm, do- I'm, just, I'm just getting out of the way so you can't do it. You, you, you don't get to do that at this time. But uh, I love all three of these movies, obviously. Otherwise, it would 
be this high. Um, of course, there are still ones I like more than the others. There's a, a clear ranking of uh, Empire, Star Wars, Jedi for me. I know Pete disagrees with that order even. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, that's that's the order. Uh, and this is where Empire, it, it doesn't suffer from the, the middle chapter syndrome for me at all. Uh, it really expands everything in a really interesting, unique way. It has great you know some great character beats um you know the 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 visuals are stunning Uh, it has probably the best music of three which yeah yeah i'm gonna go with that um it's again you know even p won't fight me on the music of of these uh it's the one thing he will probably give me uh (laughs) the music's great it's not it's not quite superman good but it's it's great that's fair. You know, Simon's probably my second favorite of, of Williams work, so yeah, I'm okay with that. No, Simon's um, first for me. Um, I mean, I don't play it. A delightful score, but I mean, it's Star Wars. So I mean, what, what more do I need to say? Yeah, so, Superman, Jurassic Park, then Star Wars for me. But Star Wars, Superman. Yeah, probably is Jurassic Park after that. Yeah, hmm. but I mean. It's Star Wars, and the, you know, even even though I say Empire is, is my favorite as a whole, my favorite moment is still in Star Wars, and yeah, you know, it's it's the you know Luke looking up at the, the sunsets with the, the the music swelling up. That is a, every time that hits me. Doesn't matter you know how long it's been since I've watched it or how often I've seen it, or even if it's in context, I can watch just that and it would still hit me. Um, it's great. Um, but, my favorite moment in Star Wars is uh, in Revenge of the Sith. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It's when he kills all the kids. It's a great scene. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> in, in a delightful way. Kill all the halflings. Not in a, not in a filmmaking way, necessarily. Not halflings. That's a lot of the Rings thing. Uh, younglings. <laughs> younglings, yeah, right? yeah, younglings, yes. I knew it was some I'm stupid amazed, word. I'm amazed you caught yourself there. It can't just be kids or children. It has to be something stupid. I'll give you that in Star Wars. In Lord of the Rings, it's because they're not children. I wasn't talking about Lord of the no, Rings. No, no, no. I'm just making sure you're not lumping No, I, I know halflings are a thing in fantasy. I'm not disputing this. I'm saying yeah. in Star Wars, it's literally just their word for children. They're children. It is, yeah. yeah. No. Uh, what, what's amusing is they still do use the word children as well. It's just, you know, younglings too. Hmm. No. Anyway, I just just before we finish here on my my list, I'll tell you now: if we do this again, even next year, there's going to be another Star Wars trilogy on this top list. Would it be in the top three, or would it be just somewhere? It, it depends. Oh, on yeah, the it depends movie. on the final movie, I suppose. But yeah, if it keeps the to me the quality of the previous two, you know, in terms of my enjoyment, it's top three or four. So so boring. So I know I'm 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 a self parody. What do you want from me? Like I said, the rest of my list. I'm not gonna lie. I I think we were lucky that like number eight wasn't the prequels. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I I considered putting it on not because I actually think they're better than any of these. That they're obviously not, but just to annoy you. It it was gonna be it was Jersey trilogy or prequels. <sighs> and I was like, which one do I do? <laughs> Oh, that moment from the end of the new trailer—someone like edited it so that it has more attachments—really made me laugh. 
I've not seen that. <laughs> it's like the Swiss Army lightsaber. It's pretty funny. Um, uh, that does sound quite funny. Because she sort of spins it around to make the, t- the double. Yeah, it's on the hinge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has like six things, like instead of two. And That's shapes. delightful. I need to see this. Um. Anyway, my number one, uh, pretty obvious at this point, yeah. is the Dark Knight trilogy, and. It's funny because I remember in 2012, but just before Rises came out, I remember having a discussion with people in uni that we were talking about best movie trilogies, and I said, "Well, it's Back to the Future, but that 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 crown has been taken, and the rest was maybe like a week and a half. In ten days, that crown has been taken. I'm pretty confident, and lo and behold, it was. Um, I mean, I I have rewatched these movies so many times. I yeah. like very few trilogies compared to this for me in, in a sense of both the filmmaking involved and the storytelling involved but also the personal attachment all of which all kind of bundles up into this perfect ball of uh love and care and you know i when it comes to picking a favorite here i often get controversial in pick rises hey to be fair depends on my mood as to which my favorite is I, you know there are times where i can tell you batman begins is my favorite that's the thing my, my one universal is that batman begins is probably my my weakest of the three but i mean it's not really saying much <laughs> in terms of saying that it's a weak movie it's just I, I, exactly like it all depends on my mood there are times where i go yeah that's my favorite um right now if you ask me it's probably not and honestly watching these again this year and like you know thinking about them in a more analytical sense than i ever have before and then going through them with the fine tooth comb that we did mm. um only made me love them more only made me appreciate them more and the actual uh the textual elements of the film which is something that a lot of big budget movies don't have but nolan tends to do that and for I, you know I, I get the teaser for tenet you know like last week i haven't seen it yet and by the time i went to click on the link online it was already gone yeah they've not released it officially online yet um Pricks. and after not liking dunkirk he was like oh i hope this next one's like a proper oh, movie dunkirk was so disappointing right? it, just from this like minute long teaser this is nolan <laughs> like Do we have any idea what the shit this movie is yet no, there's a lot of theories that because the title's a palindrome, that the movie's going to sort of like play into that idea of a palindrome, <laughs> right? Okay, I'm down for no, it. No, but even that's even 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 thing. the 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 logo, like the second T is upside down, like it's 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 it's, oh, it's it? circular symmetrical. If you could spin yeah. it, yeah, um, yeah, okay. Um, and the, the the teaser, right? The one main element of the teaser. I would say there's some quick clips of some other stuff. Is you got your man from a Black Klansman, uh, uh, Washington. His name is yes. right. You've got him walking in. He's in a business suit, and there's something about even the way he moves. It has this kind of rhythm to it. This kind of interesting. Uh, just a feel. It's got a feel. Anyway, but he, he's walking up and he's behind glass, and he walks up and in a frame you see a bullet hole in the glass, right? And he's sort of staring at it, and then he kind of like you know his attention diverts and he walks down another couple of feet to another bullet hole in the glass. So again, it's playing the idea of two. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, and I don't know what the plot is. I have no idea what this movie's and, about. And even just you know, glass <laughs> tends to be reflective. Yes, yes. There's so much already. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've not even seen this. Uh, like, this is what I want. This is what I want. Uh, uh, I, uh, all the movies. Anyway, <laughs> is that coming out this year or next year? Next year, next year. So. God damn it. So it's July 2020. Uh, this Ooh, the... be a nice little birthday treat for me. Uh, it's a good excuse to go and make use of the air conditioning in the middle of summer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but she's a wild luck. J- 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 July will be miserable anyway. Hmm. So, no, I mean, 
the Batman trilogy is, and as someone who doesn't is not a fan of Tim Burton's Batman movies, and I mean no one's a fan of Joel Schumacher's Batman and, movies. And again, long lengthy reviews of those. Yeah. Although I will say the one thing I really have against Nolan's Batman movies, uh-huh. there's no Penguin bombers. <sighs> I would have made them better. Look. Um, some of the best villains on screen in any comic movie, um, and I think, you know, th- and again, I, I hate to sound uh, pretentious here, but like these movies are really about something, and you know, a lot of the Marvel movies I really like, but they're definitely just fun popcorn movies essentially. At the end of the day, yeah. they're, they're not really deep in any way, shape, or form. But we talked about the Dark Knight, specifically that movie, because obviously most people consider that to be the best one, and for good reason, because it's fantastic and Heath Ledger's yeah. Joker's out of this world but that movie we we sat and talked about that for a hundred minutes and sure okay when me and matt reviewed you know endgame with tim yeah we talked about that for 90 minutes two hours or whatever because we went through the plot kind of beat for beat but with the dark knight we we sat and debated over the the uh the meaning of the film and what the themes were doing and and you know we, we talked about it in just a different way it was a completely different type of conversation because it wasn't about just yeah. how do we feel about all these plot beats it was about no, no, it was deconstruction and yeah analytical i mean even right full 90 sorry even rises we went a full 90 minutes yes yes uh we did um because that, that movie has a lot to say people you know dismiss it for a couple of a false yeah i mean but... when i mentioned earlier that it, it kind of went down this trilogy went down by a, a place or so it's because when i rewatch rises there were some things i didn't like as much that maybe detracted a little bit from me even though there are other things i like more because of this rewatch but mm. you know just enough that okay but that's... i'm definitely not on the side of the people who dislike it though but that's my trilogies um and I don't think there's anything right now for me that I mean it's hard it's hard to know sometimes what will become a trilogy, um, but <laughs> like there's nothing that's in progress right now that I think will end up being a trilogy for me. That's like oh okay I get you yeah you know the, the rest itself entering the the top. So I think my trilogies are pretty set for a while, uh, outside of maybe some old you know lower like under the radar movies that I've not Things seen before. Things you've just not seen, yeah. yeah. Which you know very possible. Yeah, that's very possible. That's a uh... Are you, are you telling me then this new Halloween trilogy won't be hitting your list? Two and three are going to have to be pretty freaking amazing to drag it up into this top ten. <laughs> pretty freaking amazing. I mean, hell, Dark Fate, the new Terminators made a kickstart on your trilogy, but to be fair, so were the last two. Films. <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, which is funny, if it fails, it means there'll be a trilogy of uh, trilogy starters <laughs> that didn't go anywhere. Need, and when that fails, all they need to do is go back and not make one that's going to be a trilogy. Just make one movie that's <laughs> fantastic, so then we can have a good Terminator trilogy. One, two, and whatever the new one is. <laughs> hey, here's, here's the truth, though. Maybe it's just a duology, and that's fine. It is I, fine. It could just stay that way. There's, there's no need for any more. I'm okay if there's never another Terminator movie. That, I mean, that said, the trailers for Dark Fate don't look too bad. They, I, mean... I haven't seen it because I just... No, no, no. That's potentially. Okay, you got your man from Agents of Shield, the Ghost Rider, as the evil Terminator. It's, oh, okay. It's an interesting casting pick. Um, so no, it's, 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 yeah, now, hopeful. I said at the start of this, mm-hmm. or well, more accurately, I said at your number ten, you need to tell us what got bumped for that. 
Well, I don't really have anything past that ordered, so I don't... No, 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 but, you know, what were you considering? Like, a couple of things that you would go, well, it could have been this or that. Well, it could have been Cornell Trilogy, could have been Diana Jones. Um, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe Toy Story. You know, those are the only ones, I think, that we are... Because mm. I feel like, you know, there was, there was quite a few where it was like, oh, but there's one entry that just kind of drags it down a bit for me or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Honestly, probably the most likely to be Mighty Ducks because again, it's it's the idea of the flavor of something a bit different that uh, yeah. feel, makes the list feel a bit more personal to me. Because not few people are going to have Mighty Ducks or Slumber Party Massacre on the list, but I went with Slumber Party Massacre because I wanted some horror representation. <laughs> there's a lot of good horror franchises. I don't think there's many good horror trilogies because they never stop at three. That's what <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They never stop at three. Or, you know, just, just when you think maybe... You can, you can probably pick a trilogy of great movies out of a, a franchise of ten. I'm not going to lie. There was a temptation to do Halloween 1, 2, and 4 because I actually think those make a pretty uh, no, great trilogy. I would have given you that as a trilogy. Um, if you're wondering why I'm ignoring 3, it's because 3 is a, a, a standalone movie that is separate because they were trying to turn into an anthology series. So 3 is legitimately out of continuity with, the, the, with you know, what yeah. came before and after it. I mean, still a decent film. It's all right, yeah. It's not yeah, terrible, I mean, but um, it's not, not bad. Worth a watch, but it's not a Halloween movie. Because Halloween, you can have one, two, and four, or one, two, and H two O as trilogies. Um, mm. And I suppose the new films will count as a trilogy, even though they're kind of a sequel to the first film still. But I mean, I suppose that's no different than the than the new Star Wars trilogy being a sequel to the other Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, no, but it's still a trilogy in its own right, yeah. obviously. Um, no, I'd, I'd, I'd have given you Halloween one, two, and four. Um, but yeah, so that was one I considered. Uh, that's one that's there. Um, but there's other ones like Nightmare on Elm Street, for example. Like you know, I love one. I think three's the best. And then your Nightmare's solid. Four's fun. But like, there's nothing that feels like a it's trilogy. Not really that makes them a connective trilogy, no. is it? Um. Yeah, you know, Friday the Thirteenth. Like, you know, like, yeah, there's not really a connective. Like two, three, and four are consistently really solid and then four uh, i mean six is is really good typically seven's not bad eight, i actually really like eight despite the fact that most people hate hate it <laughs> yeah um i say what one of my uh my other honorable mentions that i was very tempted to mildly bend the rules to include mm. would have been a uh, the the daniel craig bond trilogy has he been in four he has but quantum of solace doesn't count what do you mean? Of course it counts. It was, no, it doesn't. It's bullshit. It's ignored by the rest of the trilogy. It's a side tangent. <clears throat> it's it's a side mission. It doesn't exist. It's Casino Royale. It's 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 it's. I'm blanking on the bloody names now. Uh, Skyfall. Skyfall and Inspector. It's those. I did another one though, so it won't be a trilogy anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. Even if you did care, I wish I wouldn't. I, I, I know. But Conor Salas doesn't count. It's bullshit. It doesn't exist. It's been struck from the record. <laughs> I knew I'd have to fight too much, so I thought, Joe, you know it's not worth the effort. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if I could have argued Mothra v Godzilla, Ghidorah, and uh, Invasion of the Astro Monster, because I think that's a really solid trio of movies in that franchise. Yeah. But it's stretching it just a touch, isn't it? It is, it is just a touch, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I love how there was not even a chance of Matrix because as good as that first movie is, like two and three are just. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, we both had the first Matrix on our 
best sci-fi list. I'm sure we did. We did, yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, because it's fantastic. Yeah, that's not canon um, though, though, because we have a sci-fi movie show that you're not on, so. Uh, <laughs> it's not canon. Every sci-fi movie we did uh, outside the Godzilla franchise, because we're we're not finishing, we're not just leaving that as it is. That we're going to keep going with that. Uh, all, yeah. all the sci-fi movies we did are now not canon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just so you've got an excuse to redo them down the line, isn't it? Most of them, I. There may be a couple of bad ones we did that I won't feel as compelled to, but... <laughs> There's definitely some bad ones we did. I'm never going to have a problem redoing Alien. <laughs> All right? We can talk about Alien again. Do you know what? Speaking of Alien, 40 years old this week. And, yeah, I'm not, I'm not seeing any buzz for it online. Do you know what's so weird about the movies that are hitting their anniversaries that are, like, from that era? Is that, like... When I was growing up, movies that came out before I was born felt quite old, right? But like, I think about it now, and I'm like, "Well, Alien was only ten years old when I was born." And I, I but and I, and I think about how the stuff now that's like twenty years old, I feel like it just came out, <laughs> and I'm like, "What? Well, when did that twenty years go?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like Matrix, like I'm like twenty like, years. Like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> what did that twenty like, years? What? No, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Whereas Alien, and, it feels like, oh yeah, that was always old, but no, it wasn't, not really. And, and there are some movies from around that period where, oh, that feels older, you know, just you know, visually, it looks mm. looks like it from an earlier time. Even even there might only be like a year or two between them, and then you have something like like Alien. I think is a great example where it still, you know, the uh, technology choices aside, you know, the aesthetically, uh, still feels like a very modern movie. Mm. And it's uh, in its actual filmmaking, uh, rather than just you know the, all the CRT screens. And also, I'm thinking about other superhero movies. I think Dark Knight trilogy is the only one that has three good movies in a trilogy. And I know people are going to fight me in this, but the first Captain America sucks. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't even like the second one. I know. You know the second one? No, it's the third one. You like, third uh, one. You like Winter Soldier? I like Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, Iron Man one's a bit overrated. Iron Man two's it's, it's all right. Two's uh, terrible. Three's the best one, and I'll fight people on oh, that too. Oh, absolutely. I'll, I'll um, so I'll tell you now, when the Incredibles gets its third movie, <laughs> that's that's getting up there. Uh, yeah, when you hit fifty, maybe I by the time it takes. To, It'll be worth the wait. Yeah, uh, Brad Bird will be directing that from his uh, old folks' home by the time that comes it's out. Fine, it's animated. He, he can do it. Uh, <laughs> he can do it over Skype. Uh, you know, Thor didn't age well. Thor two was always bad. So Ragnarok does not make a good trilogy. Thor's still my favorite because uh, I I love the, the actual fantasy uh side of it. I mean, uh, but two. There's a fourth one coming, and if they make a if Tika Watiti does a does a fifth as well, you can consider Ragnarok, Love and Thunder, and whatever the fifth one is a trilogy. Maybe then you can yeah, have an yeah. argument. But <laughs> uh, as of now, no. Um, maybe, maybe if the third Guardians film's fantastic, because two's good, but it's not as amazing. But yeah, two's a bit weaker. So three would have to at least be up on par with the first, I think. No, but if if three is on par with the first, I think that puts in that category. Of, yeah, there's a, a slightly weaker one, but not bad enough to ruin it by any means. Yeah. Um, huh, if there are any other superhero trilogies that, that I would even consider good, because um, neither of the X Men trilogies are close. Nah, you've you've got like one good to great film in each one. Yeah. Um, and for the record, that's first class and the second trilogy. Before anyone 
So it's Days of Future Past. No, yeah. first class I, is I, much I, better. I think I slightly prefer Days of Future Past. But that's, again, depending on my mood. But the, the third one, is that Apocalypse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. no. And then the fourth one is Dark Phoenix, which I've still not seen. <laughs> Are you ever going to? I'll probably put it on at some point, just out of morbid curiosity. <laughs> I'll put it on. I'll probably be doing stuff while it's on. I'm not going to give that question. much attention to it. What are you going to see first? That or New Mutants? <laughs> I mean, probably that because New Mutants is never coming out. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the real answer to that question. It's true. Oh, dear. All right. Um, yeah. There we go. So hopefully you had fun with our top 10 trilogies and our little rambles about other trilogies at the end there. Uh, let us know what your top 10 trilogies are in the comments if you want. Uh, you can like and subscribe, all that stuff. You can get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. Uh, we will be back in soon, hopefully next week, uh, with a movie again. Uh, we'll be doing the first of... Because we've got a few Patreon vote winners to like sort of do in a row because we've obviously not had an episode in a few months, but we've still yeah. been having the votes every month. So we've got a night to remember um, is the next movie we're doing. Uh, hopefully that's next week. And if it's not next week, it'll definitely be the next thing we do. So look forward to that um coming soon so uh yeah uh, you can support us of course uh you can rate the podcast on your podcast app uh of choice uh apple podcast whatever give us a five star rating uh it helps people find the show uh you can of course support us financially over at patreon.com slash tv you can support us there for as little as one dollar per month and that one dollar gets you some bonus items it gets you bonus episodes of some of the other movie shows we do such as the horror movie podcast screams after midnight and the atomic cinema experiment the sci-fi movie podcast uh, you get an extra episode of both of those for your one dollar per month you get me and connor doing a random sort of topic show as well which a lot of which will fall into movies uh, called male fuzz mysteries um you get some stuff early including these influx episodes and you can also support at higher tiers to get voting rights uh, on some influx and other shows and uh, you know credits and things like that. So go and have a look-see and see if anything tickles your fancy. Um, and yeah, if I'm plugging stuff, it'll be the other movie shows, I think, here. Uh, the, the most relevant ones. Because um, it's funny because uh, they started the sci-fi movie show um, in April. And we don't... You know, Influx was only st- actively putting out episodes for another month. And... You know, Ace is up to the episode like twenty, <laughs> and you yeah. know we, we've not had any episodes in a lot of that time. Yeah, so, we had a, a huge summer of TV, which yeah, I mean, not five years ago would have been weird. Uh, these days, not so much. Which what's funny about it actually though is that we did actually cancel a couple other things that we do, so that theoretically in the future, influx won't be affected as much by busy TV schedules because yeah uh, we, we stopped doing a few other shows that we were trying to squeeze in that wasn't quite working and hopefully in the future influx won't have to take hiatuses again uh, at hopefully least... we'll be able to schedule in some extra things and get a little bit ahead so that yeah. if if a netflix show kind of pops out of nowhere and delays us we won't have to take as much time off at least yeah so yeah, look forward to that. Uh, but yeah, we do have the Ace, the Atomic Cinema Experiment that I do with Tara, uh, which is a sci-fi movie podcast. Uh, and it's kind of like what we'd usually do in this one where we do a sci-fi movie every week. Um, and yeah, that's good fun. Uh, me and Tim, of course, have been doing Screams After Midnight, the veteran show. That's been going longer than this one has. Me and Tim have been doing that for... We're getting close, too long. close to 350 episodes. And importantly, next month is October. It is the October Thon 2019 31 days, 31 episodes is happening. If you're a patron. Four of them are exclusive to patreon.com slash TV for $1. Why, how could you say hey. no like that? 
I mean, you won't even notice a dollar. <laughs> oh dear. And if you're rich, I, I, you know. Take no, it. I I say that seriously. The amount of times I've bought something that's on sale, going, that's so small, it's less than what I'd pay for half of my lunch. I won't notice that. And then all of a sudden, I'm poor. <laughs> That's because you'd buy lunch like all the time. <laughs> That's do you know what the problem with that is? Is because I work in a goddamn airport and they have so many restrictions. That has been the show. Thank you very much, guys, for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys, and if you can get it, it's always nice to have diplomatic immunity.